Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line. Corks 96 FM. Dr. John Campbell, I notice your YouTube channel now has over 931,000 subscribers. So good to have you back with us. Thank you, PJ. You particularly wanted to speak, before we get into vaccines and stuff, about the vitamin D report from the Oireachtas. You were very impressed with it. Yeah, well, this comes from the Joint Committee on Health. And basically, as far as I know, this is the only official government body that's looked into this. There, there was some work done on it in Finland. But apart from that, the Irish government here seems to be really quite proactive. They've, they've kept an open mind. They've looked at the data. They've taken the data from scientists. They've taken data from uh, Irish scientists, from overseas scientists. They've put it together. They've, they've computed it through their minds and through the minds of experts. And, and to, to my mind, they've derived that which is most likely to be true. I, I think they're actually getting onto something here. And combined with that, PJ, I mean, is it sunny in Ireland today? Well, it's sunny but cold, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if you were brave, you could get your shirt off for 10 minutes in the sun. I mean, basically from September to April, we don't really get any serious sun exposure. And bear in mind that 90% of the vitamin D that we have in our bodies comes from the sun. Only about 10% is coming from food. And actually, this report mentions that in Ireland, for example, as, as, as in England here, we eat quite a lot of farmed salmon. But this actually doesn't contain the same amount of natural fats and vitamin D that natural salmon does. Mm. So e even food that you think is really healthy is actually not as healthy as you like. Now, you can get all the vitamins you need from your diet apart from vitamin D. This one's the big exception. Yeah. And you know what really convinced me about this was when, when people first started moving north into our cold climates, the original humans were almost certainly dark-coloured skins. Yeah. And that means they would make vitamin D about 20 times slower than, than we would as, as white people at the moment. So, so the evolutionary pressure to change from dark colored skins to white skins is to make vitamin D. And it turns out there's vitamin D receptors in virtually, I, I think, in every cell in the body, certainly in all the cells of the immune system. And that means that the immune system is relying on vitamin D in many different ways that we don't fully understand because we don't fully understand the immune system. It's the most amazing system. But lack of vitamin D is associated with things like autoimmune diseases like diabetes mellitus type 1, the insulin-dependent diabetes, possibly multiple sclerosis quite a few cancers so it's associated with colon cancer for example lack of vitamin d is associated with colon cancer prostate cancer 
heart disease and strokes mm. and, and um, all these immunological things, which, of course, have come to the front with COVID. Yeah. And the other, thing, the other thing I really liked about this Joint Committee report, PJ, was they talked about COVID and non-COVID implications. So they're saying this is important for Irish which stands for European public health altogether, really, in terms of non-COVID diseases, the ones we mentioned there, and in terms of COVID as well. So COVID has kind of brought it to the fore. And this could be one of the good things that comes out of this pandemic, that people are realising that these public health measures are there, they're cheap to implement, and they can have potentially quite huge import on, on the health of millions of people. Like you walk into pretty much any pharmacy health store mm. supermarket and there's yeah. vitamin d on the shelf cheapest chips and yeah. once you know the amount that's in the tablet yeah. just they're saying take it every day you, you can't really yeah. take too much of it well you can but you've, you'd have to try pretty hard you'd have to take an awful lot mm. i mean i mean the, the the report at the moment is recommending about a thousand international units a day but all year round Mm. It's a bit confusing because sometimes it's measured in international units and sometimes it's measure, uh, measured in micrograms. Mm. So 1,000 international units is 25 micrograms. Mm. So for me at the moment, personally, this is not a recommendation. This is what I'm doing personally. Throughout winter, uh, for the last few months, I've been taking 4,000 units a day, which is 100 micrograms a day. Mm. And I think that's made a difference to my immune system. I had a bit of bronchitis this week, but hey-ho, that's the first thing for 18 months. Yeah. So does seem to be making a difference. And the other big one about this that the Irish report recommends particularly, it points out the fact that there's depression, especially in people over the age of 50, is really common. And of course, we've noticed for a long time that people can be more depressed in winter, this sad, this seasonal mm. affective disorder. And I don't know, it might just be me, it might just be placebo. But since I've been taking vitamin D this winter, I'm pretty sure my mood has been better. Because, you know, I can become pretty mopey over winter and uh, yeah. I do feel I've been better this. And, and the, the links there are good. The, the Irish ageing study is very good on this. I've collected a lot of data throughout Ireland showing that people with low levels of vitamin D are more likely to be, to be depressed in winter, but all, all year round as well. Mm, there's a lot in that report. Encourage people to read it for themselves. It's accessible language. It's transparent. It's not in medical jargonese. You know, if people have got the link for that, then um, you can probably give them the link yeah. for that. Then they can download it, print it out, read it for themselves. Completely accessible. Very impressive piece of work. Let's move on, John, to the, the news of the week in terms of vaccines. We, we now have Johnson & Johnson paused effectively, and they're still trying to figure out here exactly what to do with AstraZeneca. Now, you've been looking at data, you've been looking at, at the cause of these clots, but let me start by asking with regard to Johnson & Johnson. In the States, they paused it after something like seven cases or six mm. cases in seven million doses. Is that an overreaction or is it what we actually have yeah. to do? Uh, th- th- there's just such a there's just so much publicity around these vaccines at the moment and it's so important that we get it right i think authorities are like bending over backwards to make sure that they're dotting every i and crossing every t so there were six cases in the states from 6.8 million cases that had followed up in other words one case per 1.2 million people um, now all drugs are dangerous people are always saying to me is this safe well, the answer is no, of course it's not safe. No no drug is safe. 
Ibuprofen is not safe. People have allergic reactions to it sometimes. Mm. Paracetamol is not safe. People develop liver failure with it if they drink alcohol with it. Antibiotics aren't safe. Now, but but what they, what, the reason we use these drugs is if they, they have an acceptable level of risk. Mm. So if, if you go for a clinical procedure, so su- suppose there's a, one chance in 500 that you or I are, are going to die from COVID-19. And you go, you go for a vaccine and, you, and the doctor says, well, there's a one chance in 500 you're going to die from COVID-19. There's one chance in 1.2 million you're going to have a serious side effect from this vaccine. Well, I know which I'd pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's, always, there's always this balance of risk. Nothing is ever completely safe. You know, if you go to the shops, it's not completely safe. Mm. We have to, I think we have to accept an element of risk and we've perhaps gone... Gone, gone too far, really, down this road of being being overcautious. Yeah. Now, using your nursing background, you've mm. been taking a look at the data on the clots yes. and how it happens, mm. and you've noticed something, John, and it's important. Please bring it to us, if you can, in simple, plain layman's English. Sure. sure. Well, in 2006, there was some work on these adenovirus vectors. So, for example, you probably know that this Johnson & Johnson Janssen vaccine, the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, and interestingly, the Sputnik uh, V, the Sputnik vaccine, all work on what we call adenovirus vectors. So, basically, they're taking the gene to make the spike protein of this virus, putting it in this adenovirus and smuggling it into the cells in your arm. And the whole point of that is it goes into a muscle, So you stick the needle in and you inject into the muscle. This adenovirus goes into the muscle. It goes into the cells of the muscle. And that's what generates the immune response. But what we're always taught as nurses is when you inject, when you put a needle in, you should always draw back a little bit. Mm. Blood comes back into that needle. That means you're in a blood vessel. You mentioned this to me the last time, yeah. Yeah, then you would take it out and and try again. Now, it very rarely happens. I've just – when when I started looking at this, I started thinking back through 40 years of experience. And I think that's only happened to me maybe once in 40 years. But suppose that means that's once in, say, 10,000 injections, that it goes into a vein instead of going into a muscle. Mm. Now, this data from 2006 showed that if you give adenovirus vectors intravenously – into a blood vessel in mice, not done in humans, because that would be unethical, obviously. So in mice, if you give these intravenous adenoviruses, they will stimulate the platelets to start clotting. And that will trigger blood clots. Now, that that happens if you give it intravenously. Mm. So the current protocols for giving these vaccines are from the World Health Organization. And I don't know about the Irish protocol, PJ, but I suspect it's the same. And in, in the UK, the protocol is that you stick the needle in and you don't aspirate. You just inject straight away, kind of hoping for the best that you're in a muscle. Now, now 999 times out of 1,000, you will be. Mm. But suppose just one in 10,000 times you're not, and that happens to coincide with another risk factor, which may, for example, be um, premenopausal women, which may, for example, be uh, oral contraception. These things aren't clear. The reason I'm using those examples is these cerebral sinus venous thromboses. Clots in the brain, yeah. Clots in the the, the veins that drain the brain, absolutely. that they are known risk factors for those. Now, these only occur at a phenomenally low rate in the population in general. But kind of if you had this 
double, triple whammy of intravenous injection plus a, a woman in a particular hormonal state plus another risk factor we maybe don't know, then maybe that causes this low platelets mm. and, and, and the blood clotting. So why not just get rid of these fa- one of these risk factors? So do you think maybe, John, that a trick was missed and a red flag either not seen or ignored? I think that's a serious question that serious uh, senior health analysts need to answer. Now, if you take Denmark, for example, Denmark has changed their policy. They have said for all all nurses and doctors who are giving uh, an injection for, for coronavirus should stick the needle in and aspirate before they inject. You see, these protocols were developed with old-style vaccines. We've never had messenger RNA vaccines before. We've never had adenovirus vector vaccines before. These are new. Mm. So so why why would we want to assume that, that the protocols for the new vaccines are the same as the protocols for the old vaccines. That, 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 that's what you call an over-extrapolation mm. in science. Why, why would you assume that? It's not necessarily the case. In your medical mind, John, I'm hearing red flag. Um, I, I'm, I'm hearing questions that need to be answered by senior medical people and, and pretty quickly. Um, because at the moment, for example, uh, if I was a young, if I, if I, I don't have a daughter, but if I had a 25-year-old daughter and she was going for um, a vaccine at the moment, I would be concerned that the vaccinator was not aspirating prior to administering that, 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 that vaccination. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's look at the other one, the mRNA, the Pfizer yeah, uh, vaccine, yeah. because... If you look at the research from places like Israel, like people yeah. who have their two doses of that are practically bulletproof, let alone COVID proof. It really is working well. How does how 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 does that differ from, say, the adenovirus ones? Yeah, it's, it's a good point that, that the reinfection rate we've just learned today from the COVID symptom tracker app. If you've had two doses of the vaccine and that would include the vaccine, the reinfection rate, your chances of getting reinfected are one in 15,000. Wow. And that compares to one in uh, 1,100 without the vaccine. Mm. And after one dose of the vaccine, it's about one in five and a half thousand. And, and your chance of being infectious, any more data on that? It, that's another interesting one, PJ, as well. Senior, senior medical authorities have been very reluctant to say that this vaccine reduces your infectivity. But to me, I just don't see how it wouldn't reduce your infectivity. Because if you're not making the virus, 
If your immune system is combating the virus, then you've no virus to shed. I suspect the reason they're not talking about that is because they don't want people to um, become too close. They want to maintain the social distancing, the hands, face, space, the hygiene and the ventilation. So I can kind of see what they're coming from there. Mm, until enough of us are vaccinated. Yes, yes. until we're reaching herd immunity. But no, no question in my mind it's reducing infectivity. No question at all it's reducing it. Come back to the Pfizer one and how it's different. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines are what you call mRNA. So that stands for messenger ribonucleic acid. Now, this is all really clever stuff. What what the people that have invented these vaccines have done is they've taken the gene sequence in the original virus, and they've surrounded it by a little fatty uh, capsule, and then you inject that. Then it's this messenger RNA that goes into the cell in your arm. And that messenger RNA tells the cell in your arm to make the spike protein for the coronavirus. Hmm. That is then recognized by the immune system. So rather than me cooking your dinner, instead of doing that, I just throw the recipe book at you and say, there, PJ, go make it yourself. <laughs> so so the, 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 the cells are getting this recipe for a part of the SARS coronavirus 2 virus. The cells are making it themselves. They're expressing it on the outside of the cell, and then the immune system reacts to that, and as, as we see from the Israeli data, produces a very good immune response. We are seeing herd immunity now in Israel. I don't think there's any question about that. Remarkable technology too. Mm -hmm. John, our numbers here in Ireland are going in the right direction at long yes. last after three very, very dodgy months. UK numbers going in the right direction too, and of course a huge vaccine program being rolled out. But you did some comparisons from around the world this week, and I think... I think the message is this is far from over. Oh, I mean, I, I've, I can't, I can't give you details on it, but I've talked to friends in India today, and they're getting two hundred thousand new cases per day in India, and then some of my friends in India have actually ran out of oxygen. Um, so, in, in parts of the world like India, Brazil, Turkey, the, the numbers are going very high. Um, African countries, it's very hard to say. Some of them aren't, aren't even keeping data. So the, the, the pandemic is surging ahead, even in parts of Europe. I mean, in France, for example, the cases are starting to level off and go down a bit now, but they've been locked down for a few weeks. Czech Republic, of course, has been up and down. Sweden is still really pretty high. And this was the place they were all telling us last year was doing us right because they didn't bother with lockdowns. They, they, they effectively tried to get herd immunity at the first go. It hasn't worked, has it? It's, it's been a complete failure, hasn't it? Uh, and the data has shown that. And, and we've always known this. You know, p pandemics come in waves. In 1918, there was a major pandemic of this H1N1 influenza virus. But there's actually more people died in 1919 in the second wave. Mm. Um, this is unfortunately the way pandemics work. And such an important point here, PJ, because, the, you know, w w when we say this isn't over for anyone until it's over for all of us, there's real truth in that. Because if this virus is proliferating in Iran or Turkey or it doesn't matter where it is, then as the virus replicates, it can mutate and that can then re-emerge and cause, cause further infections around the world. So really, none of, none of us are safe until all of us are safe. Well, uh, the, the, 
in terms of getting rid of the virus to significant amounts, that's true. Um, I wouldn't quite say we're not safe because the people that have had two doses of the vaccine in, in the UK, whether it's the Pfizer vaccine or the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which are the main ones that have been rolled out on the UK, that there are, as we said, one in 15,000 people have been reinfected. Mm. So, so OK, that's very few people, but that works out at a few hundred people around about the country. And none of them, none of them have been hospitalised. None have died. And in fact, they, they all report a very minor illness. Mm. Which which stresses the importance. And the World Health Organization is talking about the COVAX programme, stresses the importance of getting not millions, billions of doses of vaccines to those other parts of the world. Yes, because I'm still optimistic that this virus can be probably essentially eradicated. It's going to take quite a few years. It's going to take quite a few seasons to do that. But it is going to depend on mass vaccination and mass herd immunity. And as long as it doesn't retreat into an animal reservoir like like mink or cats or some wild animal, then I'm fairly optimistic that in, in five, ten years' time th- th- this can be got rid of. But it's important to realise there's going to be... Um, coronavirus infection, coronavirus 2 infection for the next few seasons, that is for sure. And before we frighten the life out of my listeners this morning, John, once we can all be vaccinated, like we can get our lives back. We're not going to be living in this kind of setup for the next 10 years. Absolutely. Uh, if you've if you've had two vaccines and you get from all the data we've had now, if you've had two vaccines and you get infection, it's going to be a minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. The, the, the main the main reason you wouldn't go into work is so not to infect people if you were infectious for a short period of time. Uh, it, it's going to take the real threat away from it. It's going it's going to take it's going, the vaccination is going to take away nearly all the vast majority of the danger. Um, so so in terms of getting our lives back, yes, we can be optimistic, but it's important to realise it is going to take a few seasons and we're probably going to need booster vaccinations this winter and probably next winter. And and those booster vaccinations will be targeted at the mutations and the variants that are prevalent at that time, which, of course, is exactly what we do for flu virus. Yeah. So I think as long as we, we recognise it's going to be there for a short period of time, but but personally, my anxiety levels are going down by the day, and my personal anxiety levels are going to go down a lot more when I get my second dose of vaccine. Well, John, good luck with that. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but hopefully we'll get there. Hopefully we'll get there. Always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Peter. See you. Corks 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.